Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Yes, hey. the unsportsmanlike crew taking over for Greeny today. Now, we said we um, we kicked him off his own show today, Yeah, right? we had to. Now, tell everybody he, why, CC. Well, well, his take on the Josh Allen-Lamar Jackson debate was just ridiculous. I mean, we were talking about it and wondering who had more pressure on them to go on a Super Bowl run. Was it Lamar? Was it Josh? And right. we all said we thought that it was on Josh Allen because he has more to do in order to validate the widely shared opinion of who he is as a player, whereas Lamar Jackson is on the verge of winning his second MVP. Like, two-time MVPs are guys that wear gold jackets. You can't find a guy that has multiple MVPs that's not in the hall. So I guess the whole point is Josh Allen has more work to do, more of a resume to bolster in order to justify the opinions that that a lot of people have of him. But then I asked Greeny if you're drafting quarterbacks – which one would you take? He said, I would take Josh Allen before Lamar Jackson. And I told Greeny in that moment that he was the problem. And that's when you said we should kick him off his show. Who knew we had this kind of power? I did not know that. Smalls? I did not know we I had that kind of power. I certainly didn't juice. think we did. No, this is but it worked. All of us. No, it worked. No, no, no. Bad takes on Josh Allen. We get to take over the show. I guess because we have a lot of bad takes on Josh Allen. Well, no, no, we don't have any bad takes on Josh Allen. We said less is more when it comes to Josh Allen, and that's exactly what the offensive coordinator Joe Brady has done. Since he took over in Week 11, you're talking about this team having the most rush attempts of anybody in all of football, more rushing first downs of anybody in football, right? You're trying to limit the turnover-worthy plays that you get from Josh Allen. And just because we got good Josh Allen in the wild-card round doesn't mean that he's not going to revert to the guy that going into the wild-card game had turnovers in 12 of the 13 games that he had played previously. So I guess what I'm saying is this. Josh Allen has a lot to prove, and now that he's got home field advantage over Pat Mahomes because their two previous matchups in the postseason he didn't, this is a weekend where he's got a lot of pressure on him to deliver. You've got a really good supporting cast. You've got a running game with James Cook. Got a solid offensive line. You've got Shakur. You've got Gabe Davis. You've got Steph Diggs. You've got Kincaid. You've got Dawson Knox. You've got a defense that is getting better. Why can't you deliver and exercise the demons of beating the Chiefs led by Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes? If you were ever going to do it, this would be the year because we all admit this is the most vulnerable that Kansas City has looked since Mahomes took over as a starter. They look mortal, which is not something that we normally say about the Kansas City Chiefs, but everything that you're saying, CC, is correct, but I still think Lamar Jackson has far more pressure on him to get it done this season. I, think about it. Lamar's 1-3 in, in the playoffs. He's been in the league since 2018, and in that span, we're talking about him winning not one, but likely two MVPs. Those guys you talked about wearing those gold jackets that have multiple MVPs, they typically have a Super Bowl, Super Bowl to go That's on, That's on alongside it. And when it comes to Lamar, the knock had always been that he couldn't get it done in the postseason. He finally gets that first postseason victory. 
But this is a team that has been dominant all season long, and they are built to win a Super Bowl. The road to the Super Bowl is going through Baltimore. And I just think about that division, tough as it is, only getting tougher next season when Joe Burrow returns. And I think if Lamar is going to get it done, this is the year to do it. So here's why I would say that you're looking at Josh Allen with more pressure on him this weekend than Lamar Jackson. So when we judge historically great quarterbacks, so once you graduate into the historically great or potentially historically great quarterbacks, we judge you by two things. How many MVPs do you have and how many Super Bowl wins do you have? And right now, as we look at Lamar Jackson, after this season, he will have two MVPs. That is where you start your resume. When you're listing your accomplishments and you're a great quarterback, you're going to start with your MVP or your Super Bowl. So he has a top line of the resume. Mahomes' top line of the resume is really long. Brady's is longer. Manning and Rodgers, these guys have the top line of the resume. What Josh Allen is missing is a top line of the resume. So in worst-case scenario, theoretically, and I'm not comparing the players or their careers yet. I'm comparing the labels. Worst-case scenario, Lamar Jackson's career becomes Dan Marino, the quarterback that he probably grew up loving in the state of Florida, Mm -hmm. in South Florida, for the Miami Dolphins. An MVP and no Super Bowl wins. Josh Allen is trending towards Phillip Rivers. Great individual stats, almost team success, almost individual success, no top line of the resume. Josh Allen, to me, is missing the top line of the resume, and that's why I personally put more pressure on him. Smalls, I understand where you're coming from. You're coming from a place, not to put words in your mouth, but I'm complimenting Lamar. He is that good that I do believe he can do this, and you're not putting Josh Allen at that level just yet, unlike Greeny, who obviously did. Yeah, it's a sign of respect for me to say that Lamar has all the pressure in the world on his shoulders to get it done because I think he's that capable of doing it. When you're a guy who wins one but now likely two MVPs, you are certainly capable of leading your team to a Super Bowl. We haven't pushed Josh Allen in that conversation yet. I mean, there was that uh, points this season where the Bills had less than a 10% chance to make the playoffs. I think it was week 14. We were talking about him not even being in that conversation of elite quarterbacks right now. We've never had that conversation with Lamar Jackson. And to me, with great power comes great responsibility, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he's got that power because he does have that top-line portion of his resume. And it's it's not disrespectful for me to say that you have more pressure to get it done. It's more respectful for me to think that you have the skill set to do it. So why has the perception of the two quarterbacks changed in terms of where they rank in the pantheon of great quarterbacks in the league based on the information that we have to date, right? Both of them came in the league at the same time. There's one guy that's going to have two MVPs, one guy that has no MVPs. They both don't have any titles. So I guess my question is, why do we view Josh Allen at the same level as Lamar Jackson when clearly he's not? Because if their two careers ended today, then you'd be talking about one being in the Hall of Fame and the other one not. Why has the perception of both of them in the national landscape when it comes to football fans and media members, why hasn't that changed? Why is Josh Allen viewed as a quarterback that's right there with Lamar Jackson? Why is it that Mike Greenberg would say he would take Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson if he was drafting quarterbacks to start teams? Why is that when clearly Lamar Jackson is the more accomplished player? Because of the fact that somehow, someway, Josh Allen's struggles have led to Josh Allen reinventing himself, and we give Josh Allen more credit for reinventing himself versus the credit that we are giving Lamar Jackson for just consistently improving. That it almost, based on what's happened here, it almost would have been better for Lamar Jackson to struggle at times this year, fall to 6-6, six and six, and 
get his team out of the hole that he helped create. Josh Allen helped create the hole the Bills were in by constantly turning the football over. He helped them create that hole. A coach was fired in season. So because of the fact that Lamar Jackson, like everybody always says, you want to get 1% better every day, every year, whatever it is. Lamar Jackson has gotten that 1% better every year. Josh Allen at times got better than worse, than better than worse. Because there was no roller coaster, we, we look at Josh Allen as this massive accomplishment of now not turning the ball over as much and winning a division. But he had to do it because he failed. Lamar didn't fail this way, mm-hmm. at least in the regular His season. His single greatest accomplishment this season is also simultaneously an indictment on him, right? Yeah. Because the team was 6-6 six and six going into week 12, for, like going into week 13 for a reason. It's Josh Allen setting a career high for the amount of turnovers that he's had. There's only been three games this year where Josh Allen hasn't turned the ball over. Conversely, Lamar Jackson, what, he's had, what, 10 games where he started where he hasn't had any turnovers? So I guess – to me, if we're talking about a guy that consistently positions his team to have success, somebody that can play above the X's and O's, where you don't have to manage him, you don't have to worry about the turnover-worthy plays, that is Lamar Jackson far and away more than it is Josh Allen. When I think about harnessing the greatness of Josh Allen, you think about, okay, let's not throw the ball too much because this guy is going to make a ton of mistakes. I don't think about John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens having to manage Lamar Jackson. The, the, the thing that I worry about with them harnessing his ability has to do with the supporting cast around him. Sure. That's never been a question mark for Josh in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They traded for Steph Diggs in 2020. They got Gabe Davis. They spent the first-round draft pick on Dalton Kincaid. Like they, They've had a top-five defense. The def- Matter of fact, they've had the number-one defense in defensive efficiency since Josh got there in 2018 during that span. So, like, there, there hasn't been any excuse as to why Josh can't deliver in, in, in the biggest of moments but also can't routinely put his team in position to win a title. I just – I don't know, man. There's got to be more pressure on Josh Allen to validate their career in terms of what people perceive them to be. But in terms of who has more pressure based on the expectations – that they've already set, it is Lamar Jackson this postseason. I think what you just said is why maybe the narrative around Josh Allen hasn't shifted or people still want to maybe pick him over someone like Lamar. I think as sports fans, we want that confirmation bias, right? We have stock in this person emotionally based on how we perceive them, and we don't want to be wrong. When you watch Josh Allen, you're like – there are some times when you watch him, like, let's go, let's go to the last weekend versus Pittsburgh. It's snowy. It's the playoffs. And he makes these big throws or these big plays with his legs. And you're like, God, you're the great. The 52-yard touchdown You're run. like, God, you're great. You have everything it takes to break open a game and be the reason why your team wins. And we feel that way about him all the time. But then he does something that drives us crazy. The turnovers persist. And I think that we as sports fans, we see the potential and we see the talent and we want to be right. We want him to get to that level, which is why maybe we haven't been ready to go there as far as the shift in perception because we know he's capable of it. Yeah, but Josh Allen is the reason why both teams will always be in a game. (laughs) And at, at some point, if you're Buffalo, you're wondering, okay, we've given this commitment. We've put all the requisite pieces in place. When are you going to deliver? Like, I mean, this is the best defense that Lamar Jackson has ever had in Baltimore this year. 
This is the best skill position core that Lamar Jackson has ever had in Baltimore this year. Let's see what he does with it. If Lamar Jackson falls short this year, then the people that are naysayers have a leg to stand on. But until that happens, we got to chill out with the criticism toward Lamar Jackson. We got to stop second-guessing the greatness of Lamar Jackson, especially in comparison to Josh Allen, who has accomplished nothing of note since he's been in the NFL. I don't want to hear about four straight division titles. I couldn't care less about that. It's what do you do in terms of positioning your team to go on a deep playoff run. Lamar Jackson has, this is the second time his team has had the best record in the AFC. The second time they've had the number one seed. First time around, didn't go so well. Let's see what happens this time around now that he has the pieces in place to win a Super Bowl. We are the Unsportsmanlike crew in for Greeny today here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. This year, Josh Allen had 17 games played, obviously. 14 of those games, he turned the ball over. Okay, So that's huh. every .82 games. If my, I'm not hembo, but if my math is right, which would mean if you didn't turn the ball over against the Steelers, you can almost bank on a turnover against the Chiefs based on his history. Now, here's where people that are not in agreement with you, the three of us, really, because Smalls is saying that Lamar has more pressure but not also critiquing Lamar. We are just completely just leaving Lamar out of any critique. I, I, think, I think the cleanest way to say it is this. The pressure for Lamar is based on expectations that Lamar has set for himself by how he's produced on the field. The pressure for Josh Allen is based on expectations that other people have placed on him because of the potential. And as Bill Parcells used to say at once upon a time, potential just means you haven't done it yet. It just means you haven't done it yet. If you're talking about being enamored with the talent, it's because you're not enamored with the championships. You're not enamored with the MVPs because there are none to speak of. So that that is what we're saying. Lamar's expectations are based on what we've seen on the field. They're based in something substantive. We're basing Josh Allen's expectations on physical talent. I have, to, I have to add one caveat, though, and Lamar not having done it yet in the playoffs because based on how they play, how they perform expectations, there's nobody that would have more than Mahomes, but we're not looking at him as the pressure this weekend because if you look historically, so playoff records, Patrick Mahomes is 12-3 and three with 36 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Josh Allen, 5-4, 20 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, 3 rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson is 1-3 and three with 3 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and 1 rushing touchdown. So based on that, of those three guys, he has the worst postseason stats. So what does he have instead? He has potentially two MVPs. Josh Allen has better postseason stats with no ring. So what you want to say he's better at, he hasn't actually accomplished the ultimate end goal. Lamar has accomplished the regular season ultimate end goal twice, which is two MVPs and two number one seeds. That is your regular season end goal. Josh Allen is almost there in terms of MVP, almost there in terms of Super Bowl, but does not have the thing on the top line of the resume that great quarterbacks need to have. He doesn't have a Hall of Fame, excuse me, he doesn't have a Super Bowl, and he doesn't have an MVP. So which playoff QB has the most pressure on them right now to get it done? What do you guys think? At 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Coming up, we've all had bad travel stories, right? You'll hear an all-timer, though, next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, we're going to get to the travel man in a second. We are the Unsportsmanlike crew in for Greeny today here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. With you, you guys can check off the New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom. With unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every single purchase. From tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of of ESPN. All right, we're going to get to the phone calls on um, Lamar versus Josh Allen, but we teased it. So, Greeny fans will know that Bubba... Part of the hashtag crew is a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And Greeny went to Vivid Seats and got him some tickets to the game this past weekend. And uh, Bubba, just out of curiosity, what was I, I forgot. I didn't see who won. Oh, Evan. It was not the Cowboys. Okay, I it. guess it was the other team. Got it. OK, so you went to this game and somehow that loss was not the, the worst <laughs> part of the weekend for you explain please yeah I mean pretty much you know when Stephen A would always say what can go wrong will go wrong with the Cowboys I I thought going in again this was going to be our year he was going to be wrong everything was set up I mean not only was he right about the Cowboys basically everything with his saying happened to us what could go wrong went wrong so this is just a, this is just a small example because there's probably 20 other things but basically the Cowboys game is probably 30th on the list of bad things that happened Whoa. to us. Wow. But just, 30th. just starting Saturday, we were flying to 
um, from Hartford to Charlotte, then to Dallas. So we missed our connection in Charlotte. So that was the first thing. Mm-hmm. So second, then we get on the next flight. Greg Olson's on a flight. That was a positive. Nice. So walked by him. So that was good. Get to our hotel in <laughs> Dallas. Uh, so there was something wrong with the reservation. Who knows? Couldn't stay at our normal hotel. So we had to switch hotels. That was great. Get to the next hotel. Oh, then yeah, later that night we try and get uh, food anywhere in the pl- anywhere around the place where we're sitting. Our wait anywhere couldn't get food anywhere, so we couldn't get food anywhere around us. Nowhere to go. The new place we sat, the new hotel, we finally get settled in there. Fire alarm goes off, starting at five a.m. <laughs> for multiple hours, just going off nine nonstop. People were evacuating. It just went off for like three hours, I think, just on and off nonstop. So that was great. The only nonstop. So after the game, the only nonstop out of Dallas was late Monday. So we didn't want to have to deal with the whole connection thing. So we said, all right, let's just we'll do a connection on the way down, but let's just do nonstops. There's no issues. So the only nonstop is late Monday night. We got to the airport because we had to leave our hotel at three o'clock. So we're like, all right, we'll watch the Bills game. Cool, no problem. So we're sitting at the airport for about five hours. We watched the game. Our flight was going to be like eight something. 30 minutes before boarding, flight gets canceled. Oh, my God. So flight's canceled. We've been at the airport for five-plus hours just sitting around doing nothing. America, we're, we're, my dad's on the phone trying to get through American. I'm in a line that's probably 95 people deep trying to get in, you know, to get figure out what's going on. I hear people who got through say the best American, do, American can do is Wednesday a.m. to get you out. So we eventually just leave, go to a hotel. So that was great. We eventually <laughs> book book a different flight on Delta 5 p.m. yesterday through Detroit. That actually did leave on time. So we got to Detroit. We got to Detroit last night. We arrive in Detroit. Second flight delayed. They don't have any flight attendants. So it was delayed about an hour and a half. Once I we got up to the – finally flight attendants arrive, I get up to the gate, and I hand in my boarding pass. They It, it flashes red, and they say – Oh, you're not on this plane. You're you're in LaGuardia, so they we almost didn't get on that flight because they had even though I had a boarding pass, they said I wasn't checked in and they had me routed to LaGuardia. So we almost didn't get on the only flight back to Connecticut. We were almost stuck in uh, in Detroit. Then on that flight, we were sitting on the tarmac for about 45 more minutes because they forgot to load the bags, which mm. the flight attendant said they've never heard before in their life. <laughs> they literally did not load the bags. So that just happened. Then we flew all the way to Hartford. We get to the gate. We, we arrive in Hartford, and they get there, and they say, all right, we're here. Uh, we, just have to, we just have to wait for another plane to leave gate nine. So we had to wait for another 25 minutes. And then we finally got home, and then I had dropped my dad back off at his house. So I got home at 2.25 a.m. last night, and here we are. Okay. That sounds like digest. a lot to go through to watch the Cowboys get their doors blown yeah. up. Yeah. And then you Which, factor in what happened with the game. Yeah. So, so I, I take it. Bubba, that you are in the camp that wants to fire Mike McCarthy after the weekend from hell you just had. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, before the You're going to blame that on Mike McCarthy? Yes. Is that what you just yes. did? That yes. can't have made it better. You know yes. I'll just say this. The flight out of, out of Detroit happened. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, yes. I, I, I got it done. I said, yeah. like a Dan Campbell's. He, he's the pilot now. Exactly. I mean, wait I a said, second. I wait said, a second. I took notes on Bubba's story. Yeah. Okay. We have to vote. <laughs> you did. Of course, I did. I, what do you think? I'm not going to take notes. I'm a big notes guy. You are a big notes. Guy. Okay. So here's we have to power rank. Well, we're just going to do number one. The, the worst part of this trip, as if it applied to you. So we have the misconnection. We have the wrong hotel. We have no food. We have the fire alarm in the middle of the night. 
We have a sneaky bad part, which is the in-between when you have to check out of the hotel and wait too long at the airport. Very annoying. Good one. Very yeah. annoying. You want to get the next that's day? Un- that's understated. Yes. That, that is that understated. Is Good job noting annoying. that. Oh, I noted that. Okay. Um, <laughs> the flight back canceled. Which we also had to do yesterday as well, too, because our flight was, you know, which, mm. note that again. We had to do that two times. Okay. Uh, flight back canceled. The new flight to Detroit. The second flight in Detroit was delayed. You're then on the wrong plane, they realized, to LaGuardia. They then forgot to load your bags, and you get back at 2.25 a.m. You missed a part. Okay. When you got back, you had to wait a half an hour before you could deboard because there was a plane at the gate, That's which amazing. sucks. That might have been my breaking point, honestly. Yeah, yeah like, like, like that would have been the part. Yeah. Like, I am finally made it back, and you're telling me to wait? You're going to steal more of my life because of bad planning, because of your poor logistics? I, I got to give you a half hour of my life? What the hell are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, you're not going to use every single gate. I get that. But let's not pretend you have to use only one gate. Like, that That was, yeah, yeah, that was like, too much. <laughs> that, yeah, at that point, that was just, that was yeah. too much. All right, so what's yeah. the worst part so, of it? So that's a CVS receipt length list of yeah. things that went wrong for poor bubs. I just keep thinking, though, had all that happened and the Dallas Cowboys won, he would be like, annoying, but worth it. Yes. I went... To Dallas, to Jerry's world, saw my team win. So I still think the worst part about it is the Cowboys losing. No, it is the worst part about it. But on top of that, okay. you have what gets on your nerves. Like, okay, so I'm a travel snob. Yes. The hotel not having my reservation. That's and, impossible, and, though. And then having to go. No, it happens. Really? And then having oh, yeah. to go stay somewhere else, I would have a big problem with that. Like, if, like especially if the somewhere else was a hotel that was lesser than. Like, if I had a reservation... I'm going to guess Bubba's not staying at the same hotel as you are. Well, we were originally going to stay at the hotel right next to the stadium. That was the original plan. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, that was, you know, make yeah. it very convenient. Hotel right next to the stadium. So where did you end up staying, Bubs? Uh, like, a, like a mile, for, not too far away. We were able to take, like, a little trolley to the game. So it wasn't too bad. What kind but, of hotel was it, though? Uh, we, st- we were going to stay at the Sheridan. We ended up staying at the Crown Plaza one. So it wasn't... Okay. okay. So okay. it wasn't You're good either way. Was, yeah, exactly. Good. Canceled like, flight has got to be like the worst. It's not like you were staying at a Motel A. Correct. You know what this for me, guys. It's when he got to the gate, he's ready to board the plane, and they say, this ticket isn't valid. You're going to LaGuardia. I, I find that I'm a pretty easy traveler. Most things don't stress me out. If after I had endured all that, then I get up to the gate, and you're trying to tell me that somehow you ticketed me wrong? No. That's not going to be a good day. Well, but, yeah, it's I, though, I, but it's I, I, tricky, though, because you can't really go off in an airport like that because of security. It's kind of like a post office in <laughs> yeah, that way. Yeah. Like If you decide that you're going to go off, you can end up in handcuffs. Oh, no. It's very Probably, passive-aggressive on my end. Like, very passive. Really? This feels like a, a you problem, not a me you problem. I mean, thank God, thank God the flight wasn't full though or else we would have not got I mean there were a couple there were like three seats left but because they brought us over to the side and I was basically watching the guy type on the computer and he typed in our names and we were like not on the flight and so they already gave our seats away so we were sitting like way up front we got moved we were literally in the second to last row so thank god the flight wasn't full if it was full I don't think we would have got on that flight because of their mistake, and I don't know what I I don't know what I would have done at that point. Scale of one to ten, Bubba. I mean, when they tell you they're having a problem with the luggage and not loading the luggage on the plane, <laughs> you you were nervous about your bags once you got. Well, back to no, I I we didn't have any bags on there. I was just worried that they were going to make us get off and deplane because. 
until we literally got on the, you know, in the air, I was just terrified there was going to be some issue because we were on the gate for so long, 45, almost an hour plus, that I just thought there was going to be some, hey, we got to get off, there's an issue. They At some point they even said, hey, uh, we forgot to load the bags, it's going to take a little while. If you want to get off the plane and walk around, you can. I was like, oh my God, what is that supposed to, like... I, I was just so worried they're going to make everyone deplane and say there was some issue. So, and until we finally got in the air, I was I was convinced there was an issue because everything went wrong. So, uh, it was it was just it was unbelievable. I'll tell you, you know what doesn't even come close to number one as the worst possible thing, which is amazingly odd considering how bad and annoying it probably is. The fire alarm doesn't radar; it doesn't even register on the radar to me. No. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, I have to be w- woken up in the middle of the night when the fire alarm's going off. Yeah. That is like not even close to the top. I'm telling you, the the in between time of waiting at the airport would drive me absolutely crazy. The other thing that we have not focused in on very quickly: the lack of food when you want the food. If nothing's yes. open, and then you start eating yes. whatever the crap is you're going to eat, and you're like, this is what I'm pigging out on. Like, if I'm going to pig out, at least have something fun. Like, my third bag of cheese doodles, because that's the only yeah. thing we have in the hotel right hotel now. Hotel wings. Oh, room that sir, would drive me room crazy. Room service, please. Come all the way to oh. Dallas, eat Doritos. Oh, uh-uh. no, That'd be I'm brutal. Good. <laughs> that would be absolutely brutal. All right, final answer on this. Bubba, the single worst moment of your travel this weekend, what, and you cannot say the Cowboys game, was... I would say just the getting the flight cancellation from Dallas originally that that was just the the downer of that just the, all the emotions of that just just killed me so I think that initial one was the worst. It was a twenty four hour delay by that point after the cancel so you would have gotten home like a full day earlier. Yeah, I got home. I got home. I, we landed twenty five hours later because of that. So that that just that just set everything back. And he's still in the immediacy of de- emotional depression because of the Cowboys. When that happens, like towards the end, you just want to get home and you're really annoyed. But the game probably doesn't feel as bad because of everything else that happened. I can only imagine the Cowboys loss plus the cancellation compounded what that felt like, Bubs. Ron in North Carolina wants to jump in, hopefully on the travel stories, as well as uh, Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson, who's got more pressure on him this weekend. Ron. Uh, Bubba hey put, him, put him to sleep. Come on, man. I love uh, Unsportsmanlike, uh, my favorite show on the radio. Listen Thank to you. you every morning. We appreciate um, that. Love the show, but I got a problem with Canty, man. I mean, he keeps, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, he brought me fantasy gold a few years ago, but the guy can't stay on the field. So I don't know how you put him above Josh Allen. The Josh Allen goes for 40, 50 touchdowns a year. Yeah, he turns it over, but Burrow. Um, um, when's the last time Burrow threw a pass? Yeah, I mean that, that's a, listen. On the field? I'm not he saying hurt, I'm not saying there's not. I'm not saying Ron. I'm not saying there's not a legitimate concern with Joe Burrow staying healthy. But when he does finish the season healthy, his team finishes in the AFC Championship game or better. That's the difference between Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow actually beat Pat Mahomes in Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen got smoked 43 to 8 or whatever it was when they played in 2020 in the AFC Championship game. So that's the difference. At least Joe Burrow can say he was a conference champion and his team had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they had a lead in the second half of that Super Bowl against the Rams at one point. So, I mean, there, there is something to be said for what Joe Burrow has done in terms of getting his team to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen hasn't gotten his team to that point in the season. I also think that we do this subconsciously, that when we see players today at the quarterback position that remind us of greats previously, 
we look at them different. Like Joe Burrow has a Brady type feel to him, right? We look at him, and you've made the comparison. Josh Allen, you can compare to a great player, but most don't look at Cam Newton as like an elite all time great. But Cam Newton's individual resume is better than that of Josh Cam Allen's. Newton won a national championship. Cam MVP, Newton won an MVP. And went Cam to a Super Newton Bowl. got his team to a Super Bowl. But I think that when right, I think Josh Allen ain't done none of them things. No, I know, but that's where our mind goes, and and for whatever reason, people have a negative viewpoint of of Cam Newton. They should not. They shouldn't. They should not in any way, shape, or form. Cam Newton had an excellent, excellent NFL career and completely lived up to the hype. Number one overall. If I told you the number one overall pick is going to get you to a Super Bowl and win an MVP, that's living up to the hype. But I think that we go to like Joe Burrow. We imagine in our mind to be something greater than maybe he's been so far because of the injuries. We all assume he's going to be that. Josh Allen, it's hard to assume he's going to be that because he turns the ball over so much. Yeah, I just don't think that Josh Allen is in that same tier of quarterback as Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. As a matter of fact, let me do this because I think it's unfair to Mahomes. Mahomes is in a tier all by himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Like, like, the only, like the only people that is fair to re- compare Mahomes to are the all-time greats, right? Like he's, he's already a top five quarterback all time, right? Tom Brady is the GOAT. You got Joe Montana. You got Peyton Manning in there. Nathan Peterman. And, and then I would probably go Pat Mahomes fourth. And then, you know, whoever you want to go after that. Like that's how good Pat Mahomes is. So he doesn't have any peers right now. But I would say in that next tier, it would be Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, then draw a line, and then you put Lamar, uh, you put Josh Allen with the Jalen Hurts and the Justin Herberts and all of those, the Dak Prescott. Like Josh Allen goes into that class of quarterback until otherwise notified. And the otherwise would be for him in the postseason going on a Super Bowl run. If Josh Allen wins a Super Bowl, check that. If Josh Allen gets to a Super Bowl, I'm looking at him differently. But until that happens, then all of the turnovers and, and all of the roller coaster that the Buffalo Bills have to go through is a black mark on his resume, relatively speaking, in comparison to the other quarterbacks. Question for you guys. If Lamar wins a Super Bowl this year, he will likely have a second MVP, a Super Bowl championship, and let's just assume probably a Super Bowl MVP as well. Is he then Pat Mahomes' peer? Is he on that tier? Yes. Yes. Which no. is... Not yes, for me. no, not for me. And, I, and I'm a huge Lamar fan. Not for me because, like, do you look at Manning on Brady's tier? I think that's kind of what it is. It's like they were together for a while, and then what? They, but they away. were, but they were. It was Manning for versus a while. Brady. Yeah. They, yes. they were. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, it's still early in both of their careers. Right. So, so yeah. that's we could get there. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Since 2018, that's when Lamar was in the league. Pat Mahomes came in in 17. But since 2018, the only quarterback that has a better winning percentage is Pat Mahomes. That's how good Lamar Jackson is. Now, I mean, Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy's only been around for a year. But, I mean, Pat Mahomes is the only quarterback that has a better win. Pat Mahomes wins 76% of his games. Lamar Jackson wins 75% of his wow. games. I think here's what's missing for Lamar, and hopefully we get it this year for this conversation. We don't have the playoff game against Mahomes. I was just thinking that. What if he wins a Super Bowl and beats Mahomes That's, in route? That would help because when we think about Josh Allen, those who support Josh Allen will think back to great matchups with Patrick Mahomes and obviously the overtime game a couple of years ago. Those that love Joe Burrow will bring up the idea that Joe Burrow went on the road and beat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. Lamar, to my memory, does not have a playoff game against 
Patrick Mahomes, that we have not seen them on that stage, right? We saw Brady and Manning on that stage against each other, and I think that is a big part of it, that we need that matchup with Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes at some point here. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is your telephone number to be a part of the show. If you miss any of Greeny, you can catch up on both hours of the show. The Greeny Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, including the ESPN app, and you'll hear an all-time travel story, which seemingly never ends, and I don't mean it was boring. I mean, I can't believe we had the next thing that Bubba said. This happened, then that happened, then this happened. Coming up, if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl, would we see him as a Mahomes equal? We just started that conversation. We'll continue it, plus more of your phone calls. Greeny on the ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Greeny, the podcast. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Swalman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, the Unsportsmanlike crew, in for Greeny and Hembo today. Normally you hear us 6A to 10A Eastern here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPN U. We've been talking a ton about the playoff quarterbacks Coming into this weekend, we'll get into the coaching carousel in just a little bit. While we're there, are we surprised at all, just the three of us talking, that both the Eagles and the Cowboys have the same coaches that they had a couple of days ago? Like, no moves have been made, guys? Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Like We're kind of e- getting to that point, With right? the Eagles one, it seems obvious, though, right? Like, I mean, th- you know what's crazy? And I want to say this on the record right now. I owe Nick Bosa an apology. Now, some people are like, well, why do you owe Nick Bosa an apology? I'm well, one of those people. Well, here's, here's why I owe Nick Bosa an apology. After yeah. they smoked the Philadelphia Eagles, you know what Nick Bosa said? We put the blueprint out there on how you need to be able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I said, if you're Nick Bosa, why would you say something like that? Why, why, why would you poke the bear? The Philadelphia Eagles, they won the NFC. They beat you in the championship game a year ago. Why, why would you want to do that to this team? You know what? Nick Bosa wasn't lying. Nick Bosa was like, like that was the beginning of the collapse for the Eagles where they lost six of their final seven to finish out the season. Like that was the mo- we can go back to that. And I guess my whole point with Philadelphia is when it comes to coaches, you're not only paid for in-game adjustments, 
you're also paid for in-season adjustments because who you are at the beginning of the year needs to evolve into a team that can compete for a championship at the end of the year. And who the Philadelphia Eagles were in week one was who they were in the wild card. They made no adjustments, and they had no plan for the adjustments that other teams were making against their given scheme, and it showed. I mean, that's how you end up having a situation where you're 0-9 on third downs. You're you're 0 for 2 on fourth downs. The brotherly shove doesn't even work. The defense blitzed you 59% of the time because you had no answers, no productivity in the passing game. That's how all of those things happen. And so I guess it's easy to be critical of Nick Sirianni and the job that he's done and point the finger of blame at him, especially knowing that he lost his two top lieutenants from a year ago that became coaches elsewhere. It's clear and obvious that he's out over his skis, and I don't know why he still has a job as we're sitting here on this show right now. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills is a good example of making those in-season adjustments. You fire your offensive coordinator, you you change course, and look where they are now. They're obviously in the playoffs and are competing for a Super Bowl. I guess I'm more surprised about Mike McCarthy, though, than I am about Nick Sirianni, or that we haven't heard more from Dallas about a potential coaching change. Even though Mike McCarthy's had a tremendous amount of success in Dallas, he worked so well with Dak Prescott. We saw a different version of Dak Prescott this season. I guess, to me, based on the meltdown that we had seen coming with Philadelphia, I wasn't surprised by the outcome of that game versus Tampa Bay. Even though I thought Green Bay was a dangerous team, I am surprised by the manner in which the Green Bay Packers defeated the Dallas Cowboys at home. And I just think if you're going to make a move with Mike McCarthy, it's better to do it swiftly so that you're out there and everybody knows that you have a head coaching opening with the caliber of coaches that are out there. You can start that process. So if I had to pick one of the two, I'm a little bit more surprised with Dallas. Yeah, I would just say I'm probably more surprised about Philadelphia just because of the fact that this has been kind of in the works. I don't think anybody in Dallas was prepped to have the head coaching conversation at this point, and maybe even at all. Maybe it, it, to them, I feel like it seems so obvious they were going to make it to the NFC title game and maybe lose to the Niners. At that point, nobody would be calling for Mike McCarthy's job. So I think that they are less prepared for this moment. I would have assumed Philadelphia would have been more prepared for this moment. All right, we talked about Lamar Jackson, right? And whether or not if he wins the Super Bowl, could he be a Patrick Mahomes equal, a Patrick Mahomes peer? Could he be on that first tier of quarterbacks. We know that if he wins the Super Bowl this year with the Ravens and he's got two MVPs and a Super Bowl win, he, he is above anybody on that second tier, right? You could sit here and try to compare him to Josh Allen. You can't. You could try to compare him to Joe Burrow. You can't. He then has one comp of the active in their prime quarterback. So in other words, let's leave Rodgers out for a second because, you know, multiple four-time MVP, Super Bowl, etc. But I think that that is the only and singular comp that we then could make with Lamar Jackson is just to compare him to Mahomes. Now, I would still put Mahomes on a level above him, but the ultimate compliment is, is it a fair comparison to compare someone to Patrick Mahomes? And in this case, it becomes a fair comparison resume-wise to compare him to Mahomes if he wins the Super Bowl. The other guys that are out there in the postseason now, other people that we assume have been or could be great, like Joe Burrow, like Trevor Lawrence, we assumed has not been yet. Um, like Justin Herbert, like Jalen Hurts, cannot be compared to Lamar. He's above all of them. Yeah, I mean, Lamar is going to be a surefire Hall of Famer. Like, the only other quarterback that's in his 20s or early 30s that you can say that about is Pat Mahomes. Can you say that about anybody else? No. Can you? Hall of Famer right now in their 20s, meaning you're leaving Rodgers out, you're leaving, you're yeah, leaving 20s, the hypothetical of Russell Wilson 30s. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Russell, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, they're all in their later, their mid to late 30s. Yes. I'm talking about 33 years or younger. Is there anybody yeah, else? At the, uh, right is there now. anybody else that we we know is going to be a surefire Hall of Famer? There's now, some I, I think, I, but not I know. That's what I'm saying. Well, uh, here's the thing: if you win two MVPs, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Like no, they, that's they, automatic. Automatic. That's automatic. So you like like Lamar Jackson's career could end, or it today. should be automatic. It, well, well, it should be. Well, yeah. I mean, if his career ends today, he's going to be in the Hall He'll of be Fame. In. He'll be. I mean, think about it. Since 2018. He's got a 75% winning percentage. Pat Mahomes only has a better one at 76%. Like, that, that's how good Lamar Jackson is. So, I guess when we start looking at it, like, th- there are levels to this. Pat Mahomes is on a level by himself, but Lamar Jackson can close that gap if he goes on a championship run this year. Close the gap, I think, is a good way of saying because I – Nobody's in the. I guess my point is nobody is in the room with Pat Mahomes that, right now. Okay, as long no as we start no there, player is in the room with Pat Mahomes. Right. The minute Lamar Jackson holds up a Lombardi Trophy, he now walks into that room. Okay, I, that I want room. I want to use the real estate reference to have the housing reference to have fun with this. Then nobody's in the room with Mahomes. Nobody's even in the house to get in the room with Mahomes. I think Lamar enters the house, but he's still not in the room. Okay, how about that? That's fine. That, that's that fair. That's fine. Because I just. I, I don't know why, but I'm protective over Mahomes' legacy because of how great he's been, how quickly he's been, and how he's never been bad. Now, let me ask you this question. Because of that, if Josh Allen is able to actually beat Pat Mahomes in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. does that change how we look at Josh Allen? Does it now validate the the, 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 No. no. Does he want a no. Super Bowl? He's still got – this is the problem because you're, you're perfectly walking me into getting frustrated with this. That's a great win, but you still are not in the Super Bowl and you still don't have an MVP. But I guess my point is for all of the people that perceive Josh Allen to be a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, is that now more confirmation bias for them that he actually was able to beat Pat Mahomes yes. in the playoffs? For those people, yes. He still doesn't have the top line on his resume. He still doesn't have what great quarterbacks need, which is either a Super Bowl appearance slash win or an MVP. He would have neither because if he beats them and the Chiefs and he loses to the Ravens, we're in the same damn spot that we've been for the last seven years with Josh Allen. It's Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.